today's guest, first off, thank you, DeRay Olale, for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it. No worries. I'm excited to be on your show as well. And I know that my, my last name is a tongue twister for everybody out there. Uh, it's Olale, and um, yeah, nobody can ever get it right, but you you, you did awesome, my man. Well, thanks I tried. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so DeRay is a business coach, real estate investor, and uh, helps people live their life by design by a tool using real estate. Real estate is a phenomenal platform. If you know what you're doing or if you're interested in learning how to get into real estate, DeRay is a great person to get in contact. DeRay, can you tell the listeners a little bit about how you got to where you are right now? Yeah, well, funny, I just got uh, interviewed for a magazine, a local magazine here in Texas. Um, that was the very first question that they asked. And then they sent me back, um, they sent me back uh, like what the, um, what the final version would look like uh, when they asked that question and my answer. And I was looking at my answer, I was like, that's, that's, not, that's, not, how I, that's, not, that's not what I said. Um, but you know, that, top, that question is at the top of my mind. What, how, did I, how did I get to where I am today? And I, I want to start uh, by saying, Anthony, that I, I, quote unquote, I haven't arrived yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very grateful for where I am, but I know that there's, there's just so much more, there's so much left in the tank. Like I, I'm just barely scratching the surface. You know, I haven't, the, like I'm in my twenties, right. And I'm just like, dude, like the, the amount of planning and the, the, the goals that I have and the vision that I have, um, man, it, it, as the years progress, um, it, it's one of those things to where I know that this is just the beginning, right? And, and not, not, not to sound arrogant or cocky, but it's more about just making a decision. And I think that most of us don't make a decision. That, that's why we're not able to like full, full force go into something and be like, this is where I'm gonna be by this day. Because ultimately a decision, um, I, I like to kind of look at the root words of, of, of a lot of these words that we use in decision. The root word of decision is, um, the root word, a root word in decision is ide, I-D-E, like the end of the uh, decide. Um, and that means to kill off. Right, so the ID and decide means to kill off. So if you think about genocide or pesticide, right, it means to to kill, right. So when you make a decision, um, I believe that you're killing off any other option, right. So if I say I'm going to be a successful real estate investor, I'm going to coach hundreds of thousands of people, I'm going to be able to, you know, go on sabbaticals for six months at a time. I've already made that decision, right. I'm just waiting for reality to catch up to what I know to be true. Right. Um, but to answer your question, how I got to where I am today was was a lot of discontentment, um, a lot of me slaving and not really slaving, but giving up my time to a corporation that um, that didn't really, you know, I wasn't fulfilled in what I was doing. Right? I didn't feel like I was living out my life's purpose. I felt as though every week, every month, every year, it was just kind of the same thing over and over again. And there wasn't really any growth. Like I wasn't making a major impact in life. Like I was just going with emotions and working for a paycheck. And um, through that disgruntlement, through that, through that overwhelm, through that fear, through that you know, instability, um, I, I started searching for answers in a lot of different areas um, to ultimately live what I like to call you know, lifestyle design. And my lifestyle design is probably very different from yours and probably very different from a lot of people who are listening um, because we all have our own things that we want to do. And me particularly, I love to travel, right? I love to be, I love to master my time. I love to, um, I love to enrich myself. I love to, I love to um, just, just, just explore my potential, right? And I never throughout my entire life 
scary to say. I never throughout my entire life really tried to tap into the potential that I felt as though that I had. You know, it wasn't until um, I found something that was interesting enough to be like, okay, wow, like this is a game changer. This is it. Um, this is this is something I can finally decide on cut off any other option and go all in. And um, again, that was real estate and that still is real estate. And again, this is just the beginning of the journey. Um, but yeah, it started with a lot of discontentment at work. So what, can you pinpoint one uh, thing that specifically decided, made you like push you to, okay, I gotta make a decision. Either I put up with this or I cut it off. I decide to cut this off and pursue a new path. What, can, if you can, provide like one pinpoint um, for, for sure. So I remember particularly, I used to be a big four accountant and um, I was audited in financial statements of some of the biggest real estate companies in the world. Um, and I was in a position to where the way, the way, the way big four accounting works and probably, you know, a little bit past that, um, you get assigned to engagement. So an engagement is basically something where you're, you're assigned to a specific client. So again, my accounting firm did accounting for a ton of different, you know, Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 companies. You're assigned to just one of those clients or two of those clients a year. So oftentimes, like let's just say an assignment is four weeks, an assignment can be for nine months. You really, you know, there's, there, there's, it just kind of depends. So my, my discontentment and my decision-making to go down this path started when I went from being fully booked on client engagements to my schedule being totally clear for months on end. The reason my schedule became totally clear for months on end was because of my, was because of my prior marks and scores and the belief about my work ethic and things of that nature from my very last client. So that rubbed off and that kind of, you know, spread it across the firm to where um, it was almost like I was blacklisted. And um, it wasn't, you know, I, I'm saying my work ethic and things of this nature, but that wasn't really the true underlying reason. Like there was a lot of things going on with myself and the teams that I was working with and a lot, and a, a lot of unease. Um, and I didn't know how to cope with it. I didn't know how to deal with it. But to make matters worse, when I was blacklisted, I felt as though their pain, like when you're blacklisted, basically you don't have a client engagement and you're still, you're still, you're still getting paid every single week. You're still, I mean, you're still getting paid every two weeks, right? Because you still work for the firm, right? Your, your salary doesn't come from the client, it comes from your firm. So whether you're, you're on a client for the whole year or you worked on a client for two weeks out of that year and you need nothing else the whole year, you still get paid the same amount, right? So my fear started kicking in when I went almost a whole year without being on a client and I was still getting paid my salary. Like, just imagine having nothing to do like nothing to do day in and day out. Nobody's going near you. Nobody's touching you. Nobody wants to pick you up on their team day in and day out. Um, you would think that that, that that sounds amazing. It sounds fun. You don't get to go in the office. You could just do whatever you want and still get paid. Some people may even brag about that. But for me, that's when I knew like my job was at risk and things were in jeopardy. So every day, like I would have like this, this, this weight on my heart, like, man, like I could lose my job any day. I could lose my job any day. I don't have a backup plan. I don't know what I would do, right? So that that problem, that period, it wasn't a specific day, but that period was the beginning of pushing me out of corporate America and pushing me into being an entrepreneur. Lovely. I like how you turn an obstacle and use it as a tool to, okay, this is what is like a pain in the butt. How can I use this to find a new opportunity? 
And like you mentioned, you said, I could lose my job at any moment. A lot of people don't really realize that a lot of jobs are at will. That means you walk in, hour later, you're let go for no specific reason. And they can do that for no reason. A lot of people try to sue, but a lot of times they lose because it's in their contract. Your job is at will. And I like how you realize, okay, something's not right. You felt it in your heart. Something's not right. I need to do something about it to change it, to be kind of more secure in your future, in your present moment. So when you felt that moment, why real estate? Um, well, when I, when I had that urging and that calling, um, I, I did a lot of research. And this was um, April of 2016. And um, I there's this woman that she, she was a, a year ahead of me at work. And she gave me a book uh, where she gave me Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that was the first time I ever, I ever read a book in my whole adult life. And I was fascinated by it. I was, I was taken back. I was just like, this is the language I've been trying to speak all my life. And now it's, in, it's on paper, it's in words. I, I can, like, this is crazy. Um, and immediately after reading that book, my mind really started turning at a high level. Like I was just like, all right, I gotta start, I gotta start businesses. I gotta invest in real estate. I gotta become an entrepreneur. I gotta do this. I, like, I just had an immediate to-do list. Um, but ultimately, again, that book being the inception of my entrepreneurial journey, that book is not a real estate book, but he does make a lot of real estate references and he uses real estate as an example for building wealth. Um, so that was probably maybe the impetus of me kind of thinking that real estate would be a viable vehicle for me. But even through that thought process, I didn't only decide to become a real estate investor. Um, I wanted to start a ton of businesses. I believe that passive income was, was the goal, and I still do. I believe that passive income was the goal, and I was just like, well, it costs a lot of money, and this was a preconceived notion. I, I don't believe this whatsoever now, but it costs a lot of my money to get started in real estate, so I need to start a few other businesses that are going to fund, um, fund my real estate deals. So in essence, I started about six to eight businesses the first year, my first year in business. Um, so not just real estate, uh, I bought my first investment property 30 days after reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. And then, I, and then immediately at the next month after that, I opened up um, a drop shipping store. The next month after that, I started a lead gen business and I opened up a Kindle, I, um, I started uh, doing Kindle publishing. I was on a rampage, Anthony. <laughs> I, I was on a rampage. So, so it wasn't just real estate. It was more so, hey, I'm going to start all these businesses and then I'm going to see what works. I'm going to see what hits, right? And um, problems started coming when I realized that being a business owner is a lot of work. I realized that being a business owner takes a lot of capital. Like I, I, I remember vividly that every single one of these businesses needed to be marketed. And a lot of the marketing for the businesses needed marketing dollars, right? So Facebook ads, uh, generic, like all types of stuff that you would need that you don't think that, you know, as an employee, you don't really think about. Um, I was just like, it costs a lot of money to, to maintain these businesses that are not making any money, right? So uh, by the end of the year, I was exhausted. I was burned out. Um, but, but, you know, I, I kept in the back of my head that if just one of these businesses like just showed some type of like like light like just one sale or one client or one customer like if just one of them just showed me like some sign of like this can work i was just like i'm gonna take all my effort from all eight of these businesses and i'm gonna go full in on this one um and ultimately i was still working a full-time job 
like, and not just a regular 40 hour a week full-time job. I was big for accounting. So I was working 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week um, when I was on clients, right? So it was, it was one of those things to where I was not only becoming exhausted, but I was also running out of money, right? So, so at, at the end of 2016, I needed to make a tough decision. And I remember, um, I remember meeting with a former mentor in Starbucks and um, that mentor relationship was just that conversation, like um, not a whole lot before that, not a whole lot after that, but it was just, it was a powerful conversation. Uh, an entrepreneur who, who has no idea what real estate is, like he's not an investor whatsoever, but, but he just heard what I was doing and he was just like, dude, like you have to change a lot of these things. So, so immediately after that, I, I, I started, um, you know, before, before him, I didn't really value the idea of a mentor. I thought it was a waste of time. I thought it was a scam. I thought that, um, why would you pay these people all this money? Like, it makes no sense. Like I could do it myself, YouTube university, you know, um, that's, that was kind of my mindset before him. But after him, I realized that the power of that one conversation, I needed to have somebody or somebodies like that, um, at, at my beck and calling. So that's kind of when I really, really took, I started taking real estate really seriously. I started buying a whole bunch of courses. I started enrolling in a ton of workshops. I hired my first mentor, um, a five figure mentor. Like I was serious, right? That's when, that's when I, I cut off all of my other businesses except one of my dropshipping business. I cut the rest off and I was just focused on real estate and dropshipping. And um, even through my paid mentor, the, the, the guy I'm telling you about now that I paid a ton of money to, um, and I've had, I have many more mentors since him, but he was kind of my first, my first mentor. He's an apartment syndicator. Um, and the very, one of the very first things, like, you know, just imagine me, like I'm at the end of my, my, my line. Like I've been trying to build businesses for the whole year. I've been trying to, uh, buy properties for the whole year. Um, marketing dollars, I'm running, I'm running out of marketing dollars. I'm tired, right? Things are not working. And I finally was like, I'm finally like, okay, well, I, I'm out of money. Like, what do I do? Um, and it wasn't until I was out of money until I realized I needed a mentor. And now I have to come up with all of this money. I don't have any money. So, you know, he told me like, hey, get resourceful. Like, if this is something, again, once you make a decision, like for me, it was just like, well, I've already made a decision to do this for the rest of my life. So obviously anything that happens right now is an investment to the rest of my life. I don't, I don't look at things as an expense from that viewpoint. So one of the first things that he told me to do was to, um, was to build a platform. And mind you, I'm just like, dude, like I just told you about the past year. It's been crazy. I need to invest. I need to do deals. I need to, you know, it was like, Dory, just trust me. First step, build your platform. I was like, <sighs> so, um, uh, that year is when I built my, my podcast, my platform. Um, and it was just a podcast back then. It wasn't, it wasn't an edu like, it wasn't an educational company. It was just a podcast. And I was sharing similar to what your podcast is doing. I was sharing the, I was sharing the journeys of people who have come before me. I was sharing the journeys of, um, the strategies that they were pursuing and how those strategies, uh, ultimately helped them achieve their lifestyle design. But so many benefits came from, and still do obviously so many benefits came from that and it, it, it literally just that one nugget and he's taught me so much more but just that one nugget was worth the price of admission right 
and I imagine like there are so many people who are like, who would I would never pay a mentor five figures? Like I wouldn't like that's just that's just crazy talk, right? I would never do that. Um, and I, I, it's not for everybody, but for me, just that one piece. And I can talk about so much more that we've done together, but just that one piece was just like it changed everything for me, right? Um, so I got off on a tangent. I want to come oh, back to no. your question, but, but I yeah. love it. No, you're fine. I completely love it. Because that's the power of, like, in real estate, it's about relationships because everybody's trying to make money. Every, every, anybody can make money. My, I have a four-year-old daughter. She could go and sell candy if she wanted to. She can make money. But to have a sustainable life, which you are trying to do by having your podcast and the other stuff you have now, is you got to build relationships with people. And like your mentor said, have a platform. That's the power of mentorship because I admit, before I got into real estate, I hear people having mentors like, oh, why would I pay them? When I could, like you said, I could learn from YouTube because I, I have learned so much stuff from YouTube and it's free. That's what people are caught up on. It's free way to learn. But when you invest in something that's completely different, like you said, it's not an expense. It's an investment. You'll get rewarded later on. It's not right away. You'll get rewarded later on in life. It's like you mentioned before in different podcasts, it's delayed gratification. You're investing yourself by the, using a mentor. And the mentor gave you that nuggets. Use a platform. And when you said, like anybody else that think about it, they think it's crazy. Because it's something that used to. It's a new environment. It's something completely different. They don't want to do it. It's that fear of the unknown. But you still took action. You made the decision. Okay, I invest in this mentor. I'm going to do what he says and see what happens. Yeah. And then the rest was history. You know what's crazy, Anthony? As a mentor now and as a business coach, I look at my audience, right? And um, I look at the the people that I've helped, and I've I've probably at this point invested at least eight hundred. I was trying to do the calculations the other day. I have to go back and do it. at least eight hundred hours in in personal mentoring and investing in different individuals, like over five hundred over five hundred individuals. I've invested that much time in, and what's funny is most of those people and even the podcast listeners and a lot of my community, most of those people, um, I don't often, it's probably one in a blue moon. I don't often give somebody advice or have somebody watch some of my free content and have them be like, Oh, like I've completely changed my life. I started investing in real estate. I'm living my ultimate lifestyle design. But what's, and I think this is going to go across for most mentors. But what's crazy is the people who actually come into my mentorship program, like those individuals, like those are, same, those, those are the same individuals who listen to my podcast and they've done all those other things, but now they're getting mentorship. Those people almost always, almost always, Anthony, get the result that they want. So again, it has, I'm, not, I'm not bragging on what I got going on. I'm bragging on the power of a mentor. I'm bragging on the fact that it's not even the power of the mentor. It's, it's the power of that individual who has the foresight to hire that mentor. Because at the end of the day, that mentor may not have taught you a whole lot. That mentor may not have helped you through what you needed, what they needed to help you through. But I think that as an individual who's able to do something like that, one, you're, gonna, you're going to, the way our minds are wired, you're going to find the value. Right. You're going to you're going to you're going to make sure that you find a way to achieve that. Like, again, going like if I if I bought a fifty dollar program today or a PDF or something like that, I may or may not open that email. Like I may get around to it. Right. I may, And then if I get around to it, 
I may take action on it. Like, I, I mean, I don't know, but, but, but again, if I'm hiring a mentor, like I hired a, 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 a prominent mentor and I paid him a ton of money, there's no may about it. Like, I've made a decision and I'm, I'm, I'm doing exactly what he tells me to do and I'm looking for the value. I am, I am, I am, I am expecting to be successful, right? So, so it's a big, just, just, with, just even with the money shift in itself, and there's a bunch of other things, but just even with the money shift in itself, it changes the game, right? Again, I see people who are, the people who are committed, right? They, they operate in a totally different way, totally different way, man. Oh, yes. They're taking massive action because they set themselves up by having kind of a design for what they want. It's like you've done before. It took awareness of where they're at, decided, do I like where I'm at? What can change? What can I do better? And they made that decision to cut everything off that did not please them to pursue that new, new adventure, that new outcome that they want from their families and for themselves. Which is kind of leads to my next question is, how did you get into trying to leave the accounting job to kind of design your life using real estate? Yeah, so what happened after that was, um, So in, in 2016, I just kind of un, unraveled like what happened through that process. Um, and then in 2017, when I hired my mentor, um, he should like my mentor was an apartment syndicator. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I am going to, um, I, w I was previously investing in single family homes. I was like, okay, I am going to start investing in apartments. I think it's the best route to go based on all the research I've done. I think that this is a prominent field for me. So this is what I'm going to use to escape the rat race. Um, Shortly after, maybe even, I think maybe even before, oh, I skipped a major, major, major point. And also in 2016, I believe, and I could be getting my dates wrong. Also in 2016, I believe I, that's, I actually fi got fired that year. So everything that I was feeling inside actually ended up happening, but it didn't end up happening the way I described it. And then, I know this, we're, we're going on a, on a back tangent, but it's it's funny to me because uh, I was finally able to get on an engagement, right? So again, the the tank that I had from the, my previous engagement was was lingering, but I was finally able to get on an engagement. And again, I killed it. Like I got perfect marks across the board. Um, I was one of the best staffs that they ever had. Like I was I was up early in the office. I was I would leave late. Like I I wanted to kill it to make sure that my position again at my firm was solidified and I would continue growing in the firm, right? At least until I kind of figured out what things, what was going to happen. And right before this engagement, I had been talking to like partners and scheduling and all these people to make sure that, Hey, if I, if I'm able to get a, get an engagement, cause I haven't had an engagement over here. If I'm able to get an engagement and I do good on that engagement and we kind of went over what I needed to get done on that engagement to make sure that I can continue down my path and not worry about being fired. They said, Hey, yeah, you, you get at least, I can't remember what the scores were, but you get at least this and you do this and you do this, then, you know, you're good. And we'll, we'll kind of continue, continue as planned. Um, I did everything that they told me to do. I got perfect marks across the board. And at the end of the year, they still let me go. So at that point, I knew that there was no safety in what I was doing. There was no safety whatsoever, right? So again, I forgot to mention this before, but when I was running out of money, I also lost my job, 
right? So I literally am on my own trying to figure things out, trying to get another job. So what happened was um, I learned and I perfected, I can't say perfected because I was just a staff, but I learned the accounting side of real estate. And um, it, I knew it like the back of my hand. But what I wasn't yet skilled at was the financial side of real estate, the forecasting side, right? So I went from an accounting firm to an investment firm, right? And um, after I got fired, I went to an investment firm. I became a, an investment analyst for a private equity fund based out of New York. I think they managed like $26 billion. So now it's not like I'm looking in arrears. I'm front-facing. I'm looking at projections, right? I'm creating, I mean, I'm actually still looking at arrears a little bit. I'm creating investor reports and talking about their returns, IRR, all that good stuff. And I did this, going back to Rich Dad Poor Dad, I did this because Rich Dad Poor, uh, Robert Kiyosaki said in Rich Dad Poor Dad that, hey, if you're gonna have a job, right? Or if you wanna learn something, you wanna learn a skill, why go to school and have, and why go to school and, and, and dish out 15K or 20K or 50K or 100K, right? Why go to school and do the, that thing and now be in debt all that money? What I went to go do is I went to go learn the same things I, I was thinking about going to school for so that I can be well-versed in real estate. I went to go get a job that taught me those things and they paid me at the same time. So I was able to, again, this is all from, from Rich Dad Poor Dad. I was, so now I was getting paid to learn what I really needed to learn to, for myself to be an entrepreneur. So it was like a win-win across the board. Um, so that ended up being a blessing. Now, working for this private equity fund, again, this fund, man, this fund manages real estate. So it's, I'm in the same niche, I'm in the same field and everything. Um, and my mentor, he's an apartment syndicator and that's what I wanted to be. So I'm looking at numbers all day at work for the, for the, for the uh, real estate that the fund owns. And I'm looking at numbers all day at home for the real estate that I want to buy and the real estate that my mentor is getting, right? So that's all, that's literally what, what my day is comprised of. And um, in between all of that, I'm still trying to do my own deals. So I'm still trying to buy a few single family homes. I'm still, um, I, I get a few things under contract. Uh, one ends up being a short sale. Um, one, one, one was in a contract for like six months. And I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of mess in between that. I'm still trying to build my drop shipping store. And there, there, there came a deal uh, that came through my mentor. Again, the power of a mentor. They came a deal that came through my mentor and he was just like, hey, DeRay, I think, uh, do you want in on this deal? I was like, heck yeah. Um, and it was a, it was a, um, a 304 unit in a, in a suburb of Dallas called Louisville. And um, I, think the, uh, I think it was for 42 million. It was either a 304 unit for 32 million or a 304 unit for 42 million. But I think it was for 42 million. And as, an, as a syndicator, what we do as syndicators is we raise money for other people's deals or we raise money for our own deals and we have a ton of investors, right? Um, so Joe was the GP, the general partner, the lead syndicator. And he, um, that's my mentor's name, his name is Joe. And um, he's real, he's, um, his mentor as well as, Tre you know, we talked about Trevor earlier. Uh, you interviewed Trevor on your show a few, uh, not too long ago. His mentor is also Trevor. Um, so you see how we all kind of are, are interconnected. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he brings me this deal. And he was like, yeah, I want you to raise money for this deal. And I'm just super excited. I'm gun call. I'm trying to leave my job. And um, he says, how, you know, like, we, trying to, we try to figure out how much he thinks I could raise. And I was like, I mean, I'll raise a million. Like, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm determined, right? I'm, I'm ready for this task. And I knew that 
there was no such thing as failure. Going back to my first deal, I just want to rewind really quick. What I, well, the reason I was able to buy my first deal 30 days after I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, having no experience with investing whatsoever, was because I, I knew that most people would never take action. And my mindset was that to not end up like most people and not take action, how about you just take massive action and you just fail really, really fast? <laughs> like, how about you just take the worst type of action, but it's massive and you fail. So that way you have the experience and you can learn from your mistakes and you can move on and do it again better. Again, I came to a decision, Anthony. Like I came to a decision. So when you don't come to a decision to, a decision to be an investor for the rest of your life, you're gonna, you're gonna not buy your first property in 30 days. You're gonna think, eh, I'm gonna wait for the right one. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna second guess a lot of things. I had already decided that this is what I was doing for the rest of my life. If I'm gonna fail, so be it, because the next one I'm gonna do 10 times better. So I told myself that that was kind of my, my, my mantra going in. Um, and luckily ended up not being a bad deal, ended up being a great deal, but I jumped straight in because I wasn't scared of failure. I was welcoming failure because I knew I would learn from that and grow. Same thing with Joe. I was just like, um, I was just like, give me, give me a million. Like, let me, let me, let me you know, put me in charge of a million. Let's do it. Let's rock. Um, if I fail, I fail. But at the end of the day, like the experiences I'm going to have raising money for this amazing apartment like um networking um being able to talk about it like it was just like dude like come on bring it on um but at the same time him being my mentor and, and having done it for a while he told me that um he didn't think i should start with a million i should start with five hundred thousand and just kind of see how things go once i reach that then we'll maybe work up to a million i said okay whatever but i'm gonna get a million <laughs> anthony um i i fought tooth and nail um for an entire season and um i went to meetups i networked a ton i sent out a ton of emails i had a ton of guests on my show that were in the industry i asked joe um for some connections i did everything under the sun i read a ton of books um uh one that stands out is a book called uh, pitch anything by Warren claff um and through all of that, I ended up, well, I, I skipped a ton because I, by this time I had a few more units. Uh, um, I, I started showing people how, um, I started showing people through my podcast and other means how easy it was to get started in real estate and how people can start house hacking per se. Um, I actually uh, bought a fourplex and I house hacked it to the point to where I was able to live for free and I was getting paid to live for free. And now I was, um, now I was, I was a digital nomad because I can, I can, I can, I can travel. I don't have to be here. I don't, I can be anywhere I want now that I'm house hacking. Um, so I skipped all of that, but I skip all that to say that when I was raising money for the deal, it dawned on me that I shouldn't just have a podcast and I should have a whole platform to teach people all the things I'm learning, all the things I have learned. Right. Because I know a ton of people who want to buy their first property. I know a ton of people who want to house hack. And I was just like, there's a market here. I could actually do something in this space. So simultaneously, while I'm uh, raising half a million dollars, I'm also building out my first course, okay? Um, and Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. Um, that, that season, um, I'm raising a million dollars, I'm raising half a million dollars, I'm building out my first course, and I'm still working full-time at, at, at my investment firm. And um, one day, my, um, my, um, one of my superiors calls me to her office, and she said she wanted to have a talk with me about something. And 
Um, I'm going to skip all the details. I've talked about mm-hmm. it a lot on a lot of podcasts, but um, long story short, she was under the impression that I was raising money within the firm. Not only was she under the impression I was raising money within the firm, but also because I was an apartment investor and the funds invest in apartments, that there was possibly a con- conflict of interest, right? I have proprietary data, things of that nature. So she was just on edge. Now, this, um, this supervisor happened to just come in uh, to my department because prior to that, I had a different supervisor who knew everything about my dealings. He knew that I had a podcast. He knew that I, I was an investor. He would ask me like questions and he was super, he like, you know, he, he didn't mind at all. But because she just came to our team, she took his place. He got fired for another reason. I don't know why, but um, she was just like, yeah, what, what is this? The right dude have going on? What, what is he? What, wait, what is all of this? No, like, so, so she, she, she kind of took a step back and was like, okay, we need to have a conversation about what's going on. And she thought I was raising money from, from coworkers. So um, we have that conversation. And again, I, I explained this a lot, but long story short, I ultimately feel as though, or felt as though I was in a place, I was, a, I was in a really good place. Like I was just like, I only have this job to learn. I've been here for over a year. I've learned everything I need to know. I'm now streamlining things, right? I'm actually even creating processes and systems for them for, to help them do better. That's how, that's how much I had learned over the, over, over the year. Um, so I'm here to learn, right? Um, I'm raising money for a half a million dollar deal and I'm coming out with my course. Um, I'm, I'm really, really st- strained on time because raising money for this deal is no joke. And I believe that once I raise money for this deal, I'm going to have so many more deals lined up to raise money for. So I really don't have time to be here. <laughs> I really don't have time to work these 40, 50 hours that, that you guys require of me. I'm coming out with a course that's going to replace my income as well. Both things together. Like, I mean, so I, I felt as though I was in a position of power and I didn't, and it wasn't more so that, but it was more so that I know that having those 50 hours back, I could pour those into my businesses so much like OMG. Like I was just like, imagine having those 50 hours, like what I, what I'd actually be able to do. Um, So that conversation went from, I'm trying to figure out what's going on to let's agree that I no longer work here anymore. So again, that's firing number two. (laughs) yeah so 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 that's how that conversation went and immediately i went home and i continued to raise money i continued to build on my course i was that this time this time was so different than the first time the first time it was oh wow like what am i gonna do the second time i had already had a portfolio i was already making passive income i wasn't at my goal yet but at the same time i could see the light at the end of the tunnel i had already mitigated the risk that I was so fearful of, right? So the second time it was so natural, it was so different. It was like, this is the next right move. And I never went back. I love that. (laughs) I love that story, man. It's the power of taking action. Like all these podcasts people listen to, these YouTube videos that people watch and listen to, they're phenomenal. But if you just consume it all, to me, you become an encyclopedia. You have a lot of this knowledge, but you're not use, utilizing it until you take action like we've done and you actually go out there and you had a mentor and you, he say, don't aim for a million, aim for 500, then overachieve if possible. But you set a goal and you was out there taking action and then another adversity come in where your a new boss comes in and say, we need to have a talk. 
and you change it around to, okay, we're going to have a talk, but it's about me leaving instead of you firing me. This is <laughs> phenomenal. Like, how many people actually have those conversations with their su- supervisors where I'm quitting instead of, or you're fired? Because you created systems and you have passive incomes. You took action to have that safety net for you instead of relying on the job, which is not really a safety net. You created it. You created your own, which is phenomenal. All because you set goals for yourself. You was working with the mentor and the mentor said, we went in on this deal. You said, yes. He said, okay, how much? You, he's, you said a million. He said, no, a little lower just to be, just to be safe. You say your goal at 500,000. Then you took massive action because of that. All because of a goal you set for yourself. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah. That kind of leads to my next question is, how do you set other goals for yourself? Or how do you think somebody that's just getting started in real estate should set goals for themselves to like replace um, their income? So I know that we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I don't want to leave that on a cliffhanger. I'll get to your question right now. But um, really quick, I ended up through all of that, like I got fired, right? So you think, you think it's about to get better, but it gets worse before it gets better. And then it gets worse again. <laughs> Um, and I think that's just the entrepreneurial roller coaster. But um, so I got fired, and then uh, my course came out that fall, and um, I had maybe 200 people go through the free version, and not a single dollar um, was was um, was spent on the on on my coaching and consulting. So I ended up putting pouring three four months of blood, sweat, and tears into that course, and yielded no revenue, zero dollars. Um, on the, on the investing side, I ended up, um, right. Having a ton of, um, promises, but no actual real committed investors. So for that, for the half a million that I was supposed to raise, I raised zero dollars and now I don't have a job. Wow. <laughs> so it so, went from great to, yep, wow, yep, yep. crap, like you said, but so, then it got better. So, right. so yeah, so I mean, and, and that's what, that's what I think um, in the very beginning when these things would happen, like, I guess not as bad as most because most people, you know, are in a position if they do take those types of massive action, like you have these roller coasters and you're like, okay, I need more, I need to go back and get the stability. I need to go back and do this, right? You know, but for me, I think that, I think that it put me, it put my back against the wall. And that's kind of when I shine. So it kind of helped and propelled me to the next phase and the next segment of my investing journey. And, you know, I, I can kind of, again, I don't want to, I know we, we don't have limited time, but I have like a few more years that things went up and down. But ultimately today, again, I am a business mentor and real estate coach, and I help people all across the world achieve financial freedom through real estate. I help them get their ultimate lifestyle design. I actually do uh, make a ton of money doing this, right? I've built two six-figure businesses. and. Again, at the time, dude, like I, I was just like, I, I'm done, I'm done. But anyways, so I just didn't, I just don't wanted to tell people what what kind of happened with those two situations, um, so that they wouldn't be like, man, they they didn't get to that. But so goal setting, um, I take a I take a, a a a approach to goal setting that incorporates what I like to call a 12 week year. Now I didn't make this up. I'm not that smart, but <laughs> I read a lot of books. You know, it's funny. I told you I didn't read a single book um, before Rich Dad, Poor Dad as an adult. And I was 25 when I read that book. And um, since I've read over 100 books, I read about 50 books a year, um, about a book a week. 
So I've read a lot of the self-help books out there. Um, but this one in particular is called The 12 Week Year. And um, what this book kind of entails, because a lot of us have these goals, and this is something I wish we were able to touch on. Um, maybe I have to have me back on, but a lot of us have these goals. And I remember when I first read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, or right before I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or around that time, I, I, you know, kind of talk to people and see what people's goals were and how things kind of meticulated. And even on my podcast earlier on, I was kind of figuring out how people goal set and things like that. But, you know, a lot of people say you need to have like 10 year goals, right? Like it's, it's ten, a 10 year goal is realistic for you to escape the right race if that's your goal. Like point blank period, you know, eight to 10 years is a good, is a good number. If you're really lucky, if you're really good and really smart about what you do, maybe five years. Okay. Um, but I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I decided immediately that I would have a two-year goal, immediately. So um, that meant that I needed to completely be job-free by 28. But I got fired at 27, and I never went back. So did I meet my two-year goal? I beat my two-year goal, but it wasn't pretty, as you can tell. It wasn't pretty, but, um, but I say all this to say that if I had a five-year goal or a 10-year goal to escape the rat race, Nine times out of 10, I probably would have got fired and went to go find another job, you know, just to sustain me for the next few years. But because my goal was so condensed, it was just like, dude, like your goal is around the corner. What's the point of going to get another job? Figure this out, figure this out because it was so condensed. And I take on that principle of reading the 12 week year. And that's kind of what it's based on. It's like, hey, like, we all have these, you know, New Year's is coming up. We have these one-year goals and they're not, there's nothing wrong with them. But ultimately, it's very hard to predict. If we're in January, which right now we're in November, but if we're in January, it's very hard to predict what your November is going to look like. You know, it's, it's too abstract. It's too far, right? So these one-year goals, oftentimes we, we, we miss them by, by miles because we just can't fathom the time period. Um, so instead, what this book is offering is that we have much shorter, much shorter years, not 365 days, but 12 weeks, you know? So when you have a 12 week goal, similar to what I did with escaping the rat race from 10 years to two years, when you have a 12 week goal, you get a whole lot more done and you're able, you, you can easily say, okay, if I want to be here in 12 weeks, you can easily start backtracking and think about what needs to be done, you know, um, month three, month two, month one, what needs to be done each, each of the 12 week, what needs to be done each day of the 12 weeks, right? So you could easily start doing the math to figure out, well, how much uh, uh, energy do I need to exert, right? And it makes your goal that much more real. And again, it's a, it's a book that I, I now give to every single one of my clients. And um, I, not only that, but I combine it with a journal that lasts about 12 weeks or 90 days, right? Or 100 days. So um, the journal I use is called uh, the 90X journal. Um, but there's a ton of journal, 90 day journals. And I combine that with reading that book at least once, maybe even twice a year to make sure that I have 12 week goals and they just consistently go every single quarter. And that has helped me bar none, um, more than anything else. That's phenomenal. That is true. Because what I understand or learn is recreate these time frames in our heads. Let's say like so when he was leaving a corporate job, oh, it'll take you about 10 years to replace your job, your income, why 10? Why not two? Is those mental time frames that people create in their heads that, like you said, okay, it'll take me 10 years. Okay, I got fired from this job. I'll go find another one to sustain me until I achieve my 10 years goal. But when you say two years or less than that or 12 weeks, 
your mindset is shifted completely to I have to make decisions based on my 12 weeks goals. And your actions and what, are- if, if it was a year, Anthony, what would you do? Like if it was a year, nine times out of 10, because of something called Parkinson's law, you may wait until October. If you know it's January, you may wait until October to really get, you know, I mean, I got a year. Like, yeah, yep. you may wait to really get started. So again, you're, 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 you're kicking yourself in the foot because is that even can you do that <laughs> but but you're 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 literally hindering yourself because um because of parkinson's law and parkinson's law for those of you who don't, who don't know what that is um out there um basically the time that you allot for something um whatever time you allot for something the 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 how long it's going to take you to do that that thing is go always going to expand to the time that you've given it right so if i had a 10-year goal I, my, the tasks that I, that compared to my two-year goal, the tasks that I would know that, hey, I got to do this this month, I only got 24 months, like those tasks, I may not do those for the next five, seven years, right? Because of Parkinson's law, because again, the time that you give something, the task is going to expand to fill out that time. That's just how it is. So if you ever, you know, that's why you're able to study really hard for a test in college the night before and, and get through everything because you've only given yourself that limited time. So sometimes it, it can work in your favor. I don't suggest you do it a whole lot, but, um, but again, just be cognizant of something like Parkinson's law to make sure that you're setting really short shifty goals. Yep. And it was kind of smart how you take that 12 or a one year ago and you break it down to 12 weeks where you see in front of you, each day what you need to do to achieve your goal within that 12 weeks and you reset it for each quarter. It's phenomenal. Yeah. But appreciate once again, DeRay, thank you for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it. We're going to shift into my little fire round. I have three questions for you to share with the listeners. So my first one is, well, you mentioned What's that part that was one of the books that had the most impact on you? Besides that and a few other, what book has made the most impact on you? Man, I, I got I could I could give you a books for I could give you books for uh, uh, the next the next thirty days, man. Um, wow, like in in entirety, um, I would have to say um, Four Hour Work Week, man. It's my it's actually my favorite book of all time. Um, currently, and it's been like that for the past few years uh, by Tim Ferriss. Four Hour Work Week, uh, again, it's another book that really gave me the blueprint um, and gave me something to shoot for. So, Four Hour Work Week for sure. I definitely enjoyed that book. That kind of got me interested into my journey to entrepreneurship. Is like, you can work four hours a week and still make your expenses? What? <laughs> I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, and, and, and one thing I will say, because a lot of it gets a lot of it gets a lot of flack from a lot of people because um, because it's like you know, four hour work week, that's not possible or things of that nature. And uh, Tim often talks about it, that obviously with, with titles of books, um, it needs to be the most eye-catching title, right? Tim doesn't work four hours a week himself, but it's more about the, the system and the process and knowing that it's possible to automate, delegate and delete certain things and live a digital nomad life or live a financial freedom life. Um, just by making sure that you're putting certain things in place and you're thinking about your business in a certain way. So um, I don't want certain people to be like a four-hour work week, that, that's bogus or that's, you know, whatever. Um, it's just the name of the book for him to draw readers. So um, it's my favorite book of all time. Definitely check it out. I totally agree and I understand. Uh, so my next question is, what is your favorite late night snack? Wow, what a question. <laughs> 
I, so I'm not a big snacker. Um, and one thing I'm, I'm getting ready to do actually was supposed to start today. I kind of started today. I haven't decided yet. We'll see. Um, was an intermittent fast, right? So that's basically um, me eating once a day. And again, I've had my one meal for today. So I don't know if I've started yet. I'll know by tomorrow if I decide to have another meal for dinner. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I really try not to snack. I'm not big on snacks. I'm not big on candy. I'm not big on sweets. Um, try to stay fit, try to stay right. Um, I'm trying to think of if, if I just had, like my, my, one of my favorite things to do is to go to Chick-fil-A. So it, they're open till 10. Some locations, if you're, if you're really, if you're really big, some locations are open till 11. Um, but that, that's probably, uh, that's probably what I would do uh, late night if I needed something to eat. Yeah. For me as candy, like Halloween just passed, I, uh, <laughs> I was in trouble. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely, that, that's it for a lot of people. So I get it. Yeah. So my last, last question for you is what do you like to do to help you relax from the, like a busy day of being an entrepreneur and real estate investor? What, your, what do you like to do to go, ah? <laughs> I love that. Um, there's a few things. There's actually, um, you know, my, my day is structured and designed to protect my time. Um, that was always the goal for me. So most of my time is actually spent with myself. Um, it's actually uh, self-development. Um, I don't like these calls. Like I don't start my calls till about 10 a.m., but I wake up at five, right? So um, I have like a morning routine and uh, I meditate, I journal, I do a lot of in introspection um, to make sure that I'm, you know, things like visualizing deals, visualizing my goals, visualizing shaking hands with the right people. Um, you may think it's woo-woo, but you know, you, you, get your, you get your mental in that, that place and you start to pick up on opportunity in real life because you're in tune with what you want. Um, so I do a lot of, um, of self-development. I read a lot, I read a lot as well. And ultimately, um, ultimately that, that's, that's always been a goal of mine because it, it, it's, it's when, when, it, when it comes to, when it comes to enrichment, like, I think that, I think that, um, introspection is the best way to kind of go about that but also working out and exercising um really gives me um really gives me i guess what i need to to just kind of you know like it, it helped like if i haven't had a you know let's just say and i try not to work out at the end of the day i try to work out in the morning during that, that five-hour period but you know it, it it really completes my day and it helps me not only be a healthy person but also uh feel good as well so um, working out, uh, following a morning routine like the Miracle Morning, or um, there's a great book called um, The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma. Awesome, awesome, awesome book. Um, a lot of these things are towards the self-development space, but I really try to protect my time and I limit the actual hours and I try, I try to limit the actual hours that I work. But seasons like this, I got, a, I got a, um, a course coming out next year. So I've been, you know, this past weekend it was Halloween, but for me it was get work done weekend um so um it's been it's been um it's been high intensity but i know that in the off season um it's back to a lot of and, I, and you know even these high intensity seasons like first three four five hours of my day like i'm still dedicated to me i may work until the wee hours of the night but um but yeah once i get back into the off season it'll be not only that time but also my evenings as well and, and that's kind of my, my lifestyle design awesome the joys of being an entrepreneur but like you mentioned, you gotta get your mind right. It was things I do personally, like you mentioned journaling and visualizations. A lot of people think it's woo-woo, like you said, but I've done it personally and I surprised myself by the stuff I received because I drew a picture of it or 
I thought about it and wrote it down. It is real, but yes, it is. It is. <laughs> it's like the the mind like is so powerful. We don't really sometimes we forget how powerful it is when yeah. it's used with us or against us. Sometimes we forget. But yeah. there's a book called um there's a book called the placebo effect. Um, have you have you heard of that book before? I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it's it's um you know he the the doctor in the book um has a ton of examples of you know people being misdiagnosed with illnesses and sicknesses and because they mentally believe that they have that sickness they actually take on those ailments it's crazy and then people who heal really fast or people who you know their speedy recovery or people who told they were never going to walk again and now they're walking and some of the, the the visualizations that they do like some of the things that they don't believe that the doctor says and they just go about i mean the mind is is truly 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 miraculous the mind is energy um so read that book and get into them oh yeah definitely it's on my uh to-do list of books to read and there's a reason why athletes because i've considered myself an athlete as well they visualize their success or winning or whatever competitive yep. event they're in, they visualize the victory. Same with real estate and business. They visualize closing the sale, the deal, because it will come true. Yep. Because you pictured it. And, but, and MJ was the best at that. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you, uh, DeRay. I definitely have to give you on the podcast again because so much knowledge is coming out of you and I can tell there's a lot more to be learned from as well. But I greatly appreciate you coming on the show, taking the time out of your day to be on here. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I, I, I um, it was my honor. I, I'm definitely uh, excited that you extended the opportunity, and hopefully, um, your listeners uh, took away a few nuggets. Um, again, I, I want to thank you for what you're doing, man. Like we talked about before the call, a lot of people they start down this real estate path, and this, you know, there are a lot of successful real estate investors, a lot of successful real estate entrepreneurs, but you don't really hear about them or their successes um because they keep to themselves they don't really um share they don't really inspire they don't really reach out to to the community and let people know how especially um in the communities that i'm from like a lot of people who get success they ultimately hoard that they don't want it to tell you they're like you know it's, it's me and my family and you know all that to where it's just like you don't really know how people are getting their success but when you're able to have it in your mind or have it in your heart the abundance mindset um and really truly live that right like like you're doing now um you'll be you'll be blessed far far and wide it's it, it's it's amazing how 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 it works but again the, the give back that you're doing right now again you can you can simply invest in real estate and not tell a soul but you want to you want to give back to the community so i thank you for that thank you for having me on it's my pleasure it's definitely my pleasure can you let the listeners know a couple ways to get in touch with you i know you have the podcast but can you explain how they can get in contact with you? Yeah, for sure. You can definitely check out the podcast, but I would, um, I would personally love, again, I'm about going deep instead of uh, reaching out to uh, reaching a, a whole, a whole lot of people. So, um, I love uh, social media. You can connect with me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is my first and last name, DeRay Olalaya. I know that you may be like, how do I find that? Well, if you just go to before the millions, before the millions.com forward slash Instagram, it'll take you straight to my Instagram profile or just spell it out D A R A Y O L A L E Y E. I love to connect there. Um, but yeah, if you go to before the millions.com, you'll see a ton a ton of different uh, things that you may be interested in, but I'd love to personally connect first and foremost. So definitely reach out to me on Instagram. Please do it. He's an awesome guy. You definitely got to reach out to him, but thank you once again, DeRay. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for this episode to release. Oh yeah. Me too.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I greatly appreciate it. Leave us a review and rating on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Also share with a friend who might enjoy or benefit from the show. I want you to remember this. The knowledge you learned is useless until you take action upon it. Subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week.